Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Halloween. Uh, spooky game yesterday, which we'll get into in just a moment. But happy Halloween. This is Double Fries No Slaw. TJ Pittenger, Richie Barnes. Richie, how's your Halloween so far? Are you you doing anything exciting? You dressing up today? Like, what's going on? No, definitely not. Um, you know, we don't have kids. I'm not going to be that guy dressing up <laughs> as the kids come to the house. I've had the hiccups all morning. My goodness, it's been miserable. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a... It's, uh, exciting day in the Barnes household you know Bucks and Saints so the uh rivalry lives on between me and the wife and excited to see Jameis uh play the Bucks today I think it'll be a should be a very interesting fun game I think it's spread to open at five and a half it's down to three and a half so it should be a close one yeah I uh I kind of think the Bucks win um man that's not like a wild take like taking a favorite with you know, Tom Brady at quarterback, but I, I do, I do think the Bucks win um, mostly just cause I, I, you know, I don't, I just don't trust new Orleans weapons. I, I think if Michael Terry, it, you know, it'd make a big difference. Um, but uh, we can get into that a little bit later today. We'll talk obviously a lot of FSU football with the Knowles dropping a, a close one to uh, Clemson yesterday. And we'll get into um, some other FSU sports, some other things kind of going on. Um, but before we get into any of that, happy Halloween. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Tell them Double Fries No Slaw sent you and make sure you throw that coleslaw away. Don't, don't, these trash takes that I, uh, that I hear on the, on the roll up, um, people caping for uh, coleslaw is really just kind of mind blowing to me. It's one thing, again, if you put coleslaw like on a barbecue sandwich or I went somewhere the other day that had a pastrami Reuben and they put coleslaw on that. Not bad. Add a little crunch, but like, come on, if there's French fries there, just get fries. Yeah, he's, Larry, Larry was tripping said, there. He's tripping. Larry, <laughs> and Larry on said, like, grow up. You know, you don't have to have a double fries. Like, quit being a little kid, like, grow up and get coleslaw. I'm like, you're eating chicken tenders. Like, there's no exactly. grow up exactly. there, right? Like, you're you the know, ultimate you're, child meal. Yeah, you're like, that's what Elena gets chicken tenders. Like, I mean, so like, there's no grow up <laughs> when you are eating chicken tenders. But uh, uh, anyway, go buy double fries, no slaw, or go buy Guthrie's and get, get yeah. your gut box double fries, no slaw. Be, be a kid at heart. It's, it's Halloween. Just enjoy your day. Um, Knowles drop a close one to Clemson, 30 to 20. Final score, a little deceiving as Clemson scored a garbage time touchdown that ended up covering the spread on the last play. On what kind a, of a bad beat for anyone who had Florida State and the oh, under because both of the went to, yeah. went to, <laughs> man. And I saw, uh, Port and Boy everyone and had Florida State and the under like that. Like that was the bet, like, because you were like, yeah. ah, Clemson's not that good. Like they'll keep it close. The bet was the right, you, if you bet the under and you bet Florida State, you bet the right thing. Worst, worst bad beat ever. I, I know I saw Portnoy from Barstool tweeted out he had 125 grand on the game and lost it oh on that play. Um, yeah, that's pretty pretty brutal. So Knowles drop a close one. We'll kind of go through the game real quick and, and give some observations, give some thoughts. You guys know what happened. So, you know, I don't know that we have to go super deep in anything, but I want to kind of get to some some different things that happened within the game and and then kind of move on and Look ahead at, at what uh, what Florida State has down the road and, and coming up. But uh, Richie, we'll start with I'll start with you and, and kind of get your initial first thoughts on Florida State. 
Um, it's a loss is a loss, right? But Florida State losing and looking okay against a, a, a mediocre to bad Clemson team. But thoughts initially after the uh, after the loss yesterday. A little disappointed, you know. It's uh, if you had told me a few weeks ago that we'd have the ball with a chance to, you know, beat Clemson in the fourth quarter, or if you know, if you told me we had a, a three point lead with seven minutes left in the game, I would have loved that. I just think, you know, some missed opportunities for Florida State. State obviously the, um, you know, the penalties, a uh, couple fifteen yarders, uh, questionable. I don't know, but it, you put yourself in those positions. Uh, the one late hit out of bounds was just atrocious. The, the Clemson player was still inbound, so when it happened. Um, it's encouraging that, to, you know, watching the game, never thinking, okay, that you don't have a chance, but at the same time it was there for the taking. And I just think missed opportunity, you know, the defense played okay, but you know, they, they just couldn't finish and the offense really couldn't get anything going at all. Um, it, overall encouraging because listen, they, they have a much better roster than we do that. It's not really close. But, you know, you went out there, you competed. The, I don't think the moment was ever too big for any of these players. It, it's just disappointing when you have that lead in the fourth quarter and, you know, let it slip away like you did. And frustrating, but also encouraging. If we'd come out and lost, you know, 31 to 14 or something, it'd be a very disappointing uh, performance. But, again, at the end of the day, you're nine and a half point dogs. You lost by 10. You really lost by four. Um, so you, you you take it. You Hopefully you – you know, they stay healthy and they can regroup and get ready for, for what's a looks like a pretty good NC state team. Yeah, for sure. I think that, um, I think overall, I, I don't think that this game was as close, um, as it, as it truly was down there at the end. Um, you know, Florida state's defense, you, you wrote this down, Florida State's defense looked okay in this game. Um, saying that still gave up 24 points, which is the most that Clemson had scored in regulation, the second most points that Clemson uh, – uh, against a, an FBS opponent, um, the second most yards that they had against an FBS opponent. And so Florida State's defense, though good, and though at the beginning of the year, if I'd have told you the that Clemson – was only going to score 24 against us 30 with the last play. But again, I, you know, I, that wasn't on the defense and I don't really care about that score. Anyway, if I told you that Clemson was only going to score 24 on us, I mean, you thought we had a great chance and we did have a great chance, but uh, the, the defense played fairly well and, and did some good things. Um, but the offense was just inept. Um, one touchdown drive um, is really all that they can muster. And then one long, long long touchdown play right just an incredible one play effort to get a touchdown which is fine I mean that that's sometimes just how you have to score but when you really think of it out of 13 drives that Florida State had um, they only really drove the ball one time and so that Clemson defense um, absolutely had FSU's offenses FSU's offenses number all day um you know, on the touchdown drive, which did go 75 yards, really good drive um, by Florida State and just kind of a long methodical drive where they ended up getting into the end zone. I mean, really, really good job by FSU's offense there. But outside of that drive, just didn't do anything all day outside of the one long play. And so, you know, so many three and outs, turnovers on downs, and then obviously, you know, a big fumble – a play after they had a big fumble um, 
kind of ended up being the difference. Now, what stunk was that you did have a chance and with three minutes to go, you had the lead, you know? And so that's, that's yeah. where it's frustrating is that you're like, man, we're so close. And so Florida state had they held on and either run the clock out or gotten a couple of first downs or gotten a stop there at late at the game uh, would have really stole that game. Cause I thought Clemson deserved to win the game. I thought Clemson was the better team all day. Their defense played better. Their offense was better than our offense as inept as they've been. We couldn't do what we wanted to do running the ball, and we really didn't do a great job passing either. And so um, I thought Clemson deserved to win the game, and we nearly stole it late. And that's what makes it hurt worse is you had a chance at the end and, and just couldn't hold on. So um, first half I thought started about as well as you could want, right? Like both teams trade punts to start. Clemson hits a field goal. We go down and score on that on that possession um, early to take a six to three lead. They um, end up scoring a touchdown to take a 10 to six lead. And then one play, you got the long pass down to uh, Toa Philly who made a, I mean, best play of the game. I'm well, that or Jermaine Johnson's play at the end, but best play of the game. I mean, like, did you, have you watched sports center yet? Like that had to be in the top 10. Like I'm sure that one hand interception for Michigan state was up there too, but that total Philly run like had to be in the top 10 of sports center. Right. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched the episode of sports center, but <laughs> I, I can tell you that it, it certainly, it had to be in the top three. I didn't see all the games across the country. I saw all the big plays, but it, it was ridiculous. And I thought it was so cool. I, I noticed this morning when I was watching the call with uh, Gene Deckerhoff calling it, uh, oh, it's pretty cool that, that, awesome. that it happened like right in front of the Bobby tribute painted on the sideline. Like that's exactly where he was when it, everyone thought he was down and he just wasn't. And then they show the replay and you know, we're a lot of people are giving these refs a hard time. That, that was a phenomenal officiating job right there to not call it dead because he, he was right on top of the play. Saw it. He was watching to Philly, you know, just toe tap around the side sideline before getting into the end zone and ended up being the right call so you know for a lot of flack that we give uh that, that would have been really frustrating if they'd called him down there because I, I there's no guarantee we get a, a touchdown or even a field goal at that point but th that was one of the most ridiculous plays I was at uh bar in downtown Orlando with the FSU Seminole Club there and everyone's just so confused and then the announcer says no wait it's a touchdown and everyone just goes nuts and man that that was it was a fun game to watch. It was frustrating, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, certainly special. And it was. It was a lot of fun both ways. There were big plays for both teams. There was a lot of um, a lot of swings and energy. There were, you know, it, the game itself was fun. Um, man, I'll tell you when, I know I predicted it to be overtime, but when we got the ball back um, with a couple minutes to go and got that first first down and it was 24 to 20, I was like, hey, we're going to win by my final score. Like, I'm going to hit this dead on 27-24. Like, let's go. And then obviously things didn't, didn't end up working out for us. Florida State goes to the half down 17 to 13. Um, and really at that point, Clemson answered our touchdown with a long drive, 10 plays, 83 yards. And kind of what I was worried about, my whole um, – my whole uh, – take was we couldn't give up the big play and we couldn't uh turn the ball over well we certainly turned the ball over more than we should have with um i mean really couldn't turn it over at all but the the fumble that we had was pretty detrimental in in the second half but even after that I mean, we had a chance um 
but they really did nickel and dime us down the field on, on a couple of their scoring drives. Um, you know, there were certainly plays that, you know, that were splash plays. Shipley had a 22 yard run on that touchdown drive. Ungalay, DJ Ungalele. I don't know how to say that. I don't know. It, it whatever. DJ Ungalele uh, had a 19 yard pass to Ross. Ross obviously played a lot better than we thought. Shipley had a 14 yard run. Uh, Shipley was amazing. Like he was really, really good yeah. for Clemson all day. Um, and, and Florida state didn't seem to do a great job on those scoring drives of getting off the field on third down. And, um, Clemson takes a, a lead into the half 17 to 13. And you kind of thought there, man, we just gave up 17 points in the first half. Like they're on pace. Um, they're on pace to, uh, blow us out right not blow us out but like score more than anybody else has scored and uh i don't know it just wasn't you know was not looking good for the defense in the first half giving up 17 to a really bad clemson offense which is about as much as they scored in regulation since then but then i will say the defense really stepped up from there um defense didn't allow another touchdown until very late in the game which ended up being the decider but i thought the defense past that looked pretty good um you know, Clemson missed a field goal, threw an interception, fumbled the ball, missed another field goal. Um, so the defense definitely was bend, don't break. The defense also got a fumble return touchdown with Jermaine Johnson there. And that's where you kind of thought, like, holy crap, we might do this. We might be able to go out and uh, and win it. Florida State gets up 20-17 to 17 and uh, about seven and a half minutes left to go in the game, right? Uh, when that happens. So Florida state not only gets a touchdown to go up 20 to 17, but also forces a three and out on the very next possession. And to me, this was the most critical part of the game. Florida state goes up 20 to 17 forces a three and out and gets the ball back with five and a half minutes to go and couldn't do anything with it. Like to me, that was the difference in the game. Uh, Florida state, all right, before we go to that, I'll shut up real quick and, and we'll talk. Uh, Florida State takes the 20 to 17 lead, five and a half minutes to go. Do you think we're winning at that point? Like, did you, like, were you thinking, like, all right, we're going to do this? Cause I still didn't, I, I didn't believe just yet. I, I, I certainly thought there was a chance at that point. Um, you know, obviously we struggled to run the ball all day. And uh, you go back to last week when Pitt beat Clemson, uh, they had the ball with seven minutes left and Clemson never got the ball back just because mm -hmm. Pitt was able to run it out. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do what Pitt did. We can just run this ball out and, and get out of here. And I actually predicted 20 to 17. So I was really hope, hoping that would, uh, that score was going to hold, but yeah, I, I felt pretty confident uh, to be honest, uh, because uh, the defense as you know, poor as they were in the first half. They did really buckle down in the second half and, you know, kept Clemson in check for the most part. But yeah, when, when it was 20 to 17 and we had the ball there, I'm thinking, man, we're, we, we just have to hang up, hang on here. But in the back of my mind, I was also thinking that we cannot give up a, any points though, because I, we not, the offense hasn't done anything all day. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, how big, how big is that missed extra point on that first touchdown? It, because now you're down four instead of three, uh, late in the game there to where instead of trying to just somehow get a field goal, that's no lo longer an opportunity. And, you know, one of the uh, worst hook and ladder plays I, I can ever recall seeing, but yeah. that that's kind of what happens when you're in that situation. It's, it's less than 5% chance anyway, you know, it's a, it, 
almost like you know uh, Auburn kind of ran that against us on the last play in the national championship. Only they did a great job of setting up a wall and everything. We just, I don't know what we were doing on there. It's obviously Jordan Travis isn't going to throw the ball 70 yards. But yeah, I, I did think we had a chance. And I think, you know, we let it slip away. But to your point, TJ, I do think Clemson was the better team most of the day. So it definitely would have been stealing a game. So you, you can't say, oh, we, we deserve to win that game. No, we didn't. We we did enough to hang around and couldn't close. I... uh Florida State gets the ball back with five and a half minutes to go up by three. And I think this happened on, and so I've got a couple of nitpicks, um, but Florida State gets the ball back. And I think this happened two or three times um, yesterday uh, where we had a false start on the first play of a drive. Uh, it happened, yes, on a three and out. Um, midway through the third quarter, Devontae Love-Taylor did it. We had it. um, I'm not going to look through every single possession, but uh, Andrew Parchment did it on the first play of a drive uh, with about three and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. And then on that final drive, uh, or the second to last drive, where we got the ball back with five and a half minutes to go, Kurt Weiler, the Democrat, tweeted that Clemson fans were legitimately walking towards the exits when, when Florida State got the ball back with five and a half minutes ago, which is wild to me. Um, but we uh, get the ball back, five and a half minutes to go, and Darius Washington commits a false start. We're immediately starting on first and 15 uh, from our own 14-yard line. And I really think that that drive, like you just mentioned, though I looked over at my buddy Matt, who was over watching the game, and uh, I said – we cannot give the ball back. We have to um, – we got, we've either got to hold it or get it back to them with like less than a minute to go because if we give the ball back, I don't have enough confidence in us stopping them, and I don't think there'll be enough time for us to score either way, right? And so an immediate false start and then three straight runs um, was just an absolute recipe. I, I thought we should have been more aggressive there. Uh, Jordan Travis, we thought the lock of the year was the 30 over under 32 yards or 35, whatever he ended up with. Obviously, he did not rush for that long or that much. And, and so he went under, but we did not run the ball very well yesterday. And so I did not like the decision to come out. And, and, I, and I'll say this I thought Norvell did a good enough job of keeping FSU in the game. He saved his big splash play, and we did a really good job of springing to a Philly for that long pass. Obviously he had some heroics and um, kind of made that play himself, tiptoeing down the sideline and staying up. But uh, I thought Norvell did a good enough job keeping FSU in this game. But I think that late in the game, when you hadn't run the ball well all day, Jason Corbin went nine for 31. Treshawn Ward went five for 21. Lawrence so Philly went four for 17 uh, and Jordan Travis 16 rushes, for negative four yards, right? And obviously there's a big sack that is in there. Um, on Corbin's nine runs, he had one for 24. So his other seven runs went for seven yards, right? Treshawn Ward had one run for 11. His other four runs went for 10 yards. Toa Philly had one rush for eight yards. His other three runs went for 11. So we were not running the ball very well at all. We came out on that drive looking like, I don't know, what the thought process was of us being able to run the clock out against Clemson by running the ball, but I did not like the three straight runs there. I thought that that was very 
I don't know. I, I don't know if bullheaded is the right word, but I, I had no confidence in Florida State being able to run the ball against Clemson. We run a read option on first. I thought we needed first downs. And I thought the only way we were going to do that was by throwing the ball, moving the ball down the field. We run for one yard on first down, run for two yards on second down. All of a sudden, it's third and 12. Travis picks up three, four yards, but now it's fourth and nine. And I thought giving them the ball back was the difference in the game. If you pick up a first down or two, the game is over, right? And, and Florida State couldn't do that, only wasted about a minute and a half off the clock. Error after error after error, I thought all three parts of the uh, – all three pieces of the team let the team down in the final five minutes. When Florida State had a three-point lead and the ball, I thought they played a terrible last five and a half minutes. Uh, from coaching to offensive execution to special teams to defense, officiating didn't help, but I thought all three – all four aspects, coaching, offense, defense, and special teams were all really, really bad – Mastromato punting from our 20. It's a 38-yard punt, by far his worst punt of the day, at the worst time to have a bad punt. Um, and Clemson immediately has the ball in their own 42. We know what happened after that. A bad, bad pass interference call that both announcers really, really hated. Um, Ungalele uh, to Mike popped out. I'm muted. It always happens, right? Like it just I can't go an episode without it. But um a bad pass interference call on Knowles. Clemson gets a first down and then a personal foul penalty on Lundy, in which Richie mentioned the guy was in bounds when that was called. So frustrating for sure. And then we give up a 21 yard run to Shipley and Clemson scores and goes up 24 to 20. I've talked a lot, I've kind of recapped some of it, but you know, any thoughts around I – mean, obviously, we can give uh, we can give the officiating a hard time and say that we didn't like that, but any thoughts around Florida coming out trying to run the ball three times on that drive with five and a half? I, I just – I looked over at Matt and said, we've got to throw the ball here. Like, I know we weren't super successful throwing the ball. We were more successful throwing it than we were passing it. And if you get two first downs, you win the game. And so, a little frustrated just seeing us be so, so conservative there. And so I think that's somewhat on the coaching. You know, I, I know I know that we're not a prolific passing team. I know we just can't pass it at will. This isn't Jameis playing, right? But um, I, I was frustrated to see us be so conservative because you've seen that script played out in college football so many times. We were conservative. They got the ball back and won. Yeah, I was fine with the running on first and second down because you are trying to burn some clock here. But it's clear you're not moving the ball on the ground. So on third down, I mean, that's just – Essentially, Norvell and Dillingham saying that, you know, well, let's let's let the defense go out there. They've been playing well enough the second half, so we don't need this. Let's not. I think they were playing to try and avoid a turnover. And like you said, being conservative, but that's not how you pull an upset on the road against a 10 point favorite, nine and a half point favorite. You on third down there, you have to throw it, even though they know you're throwing the ball, you know, at least run a screen or, or something. It, it's it was frustrating because you kind of you know, felt the game slipping away when they just run it and they, they get stuffed at the line on first, second, and then they run it again on third down. Yeah, I, I definitely think they should have thrown there on third down to be aggressive, to try and put the game away because uh, of your two units, you probably tr trust your offense a little more than your defense. So why not let the unit that you trust more go put the game away? So it, it was frustrating in that aspect. 
The defense had also been on the field over and over and over again. You know, I, I think you have to look at time and situation there. And I, I like Norvell. I think he, like you said, did a good enough job of keeping FSU in the game. But if you just look at the flow of the game, Clemson had the ball for three minutes, eight play drive, missed a field goal, right? Okay, they missed a field goal. Florida State then got the ball back um, and immediately uh, – well, they didn't go three and out because they had a first down – and then went three and out. So it was really like a four and out, right? Put the defense right back on the field. Clemson gets the ball back, and we have a fumble return touchdown. Defense right back on the field. Then you have Clemson going three and out and us going three and out right back on the field. And so I just – I thought the defense had been on the field, and they had been doing well. I mean, I'll say that. The defense played well in the second half, well enough for us to have a chance. But, man, when you had a chance to go out and – you know, two sides of football, right? Scoring and preventing the other team from scoring. Uh, the best defense is, is an offense that moves the ball. And if you just get, like I said, if you just get two first downs there, I mean, unless they're on like back-to-back plays or whatever, but if you get two first downs, then you move the ball down the field, right? Like then you, you're not punting from your own 15. You're not, you know, you, even if you punt a 38-yard punt, if you're on the 50, that's fine, you know? And so – I don't know. I just, I, I did. I, I mean, not only did I not love, I hated the decision to come out and be ultra conservative there, especially after the false start, you know, on the first and 10, you have the false start on Washington and then you run for one yard and on second and 14 right there, Clemson knows they're getting the ball back. Right. I mean, like they absolutely know it. And so that it was frustrating to see us get that conservative. Um, obviously getting behind the sticks does not help, but I, uh, I, it was frustrating to see it, it be that conservative. Um, I would have really liked to see, you know, to me, wasting clock there did nothing to help us. If anything, it would have helped us when we ended up getting the ball back late. We would have had, if we'd had some incompletions, I mean, this is hindsight's twenty twenty. but to me, if you weren't going to go score there and Clemson did end up scoring, you had more time at the end and not just like 23 seconds when you got the ball back anyway. So that's a little hindsight's 2020 type stuff, but uh, yeah, hated that decision. Okay. So Clemson gets the ball back. Florida state still has a chance on defense to stop Clemson. There's three and a half minutes to go three forty-eight, So just under four minutes to go. And a um, couple of calls that, I mean, were questionable at best, you know, could have probably gone either way. I think that, you know, I don't think the pass interference call was the most egregious penalty I've ever seen. I don't think he made contact, but you you do see that called quite often when the guy doesn't turn his head around. I know this is not the NFL, but they call that very much like the NFL rule. And he didn't turn around. He didn't make a play on the ball. And so though I don't think he interfered, I don't think that, that call is egregious as, as others that we've seen. I think a lot of times calls like that get called. It wasn't the first um, it wasn't the first time that uh, that I've seen a. Uh, it wasn't even the first time in that game that a pass interference got called on that. It might have been Knowles the first time too, uh, for not getting his head around. So, I think it was a bad call, but I don't think it was terribly egregious. Um, and then the personal foul penalty, that one's rough, and that's exactly what I was talking about with the Jordan Travis against Syracuse play. I love that that worked out for us. But that's absolutely kind of the issue with not only the Lundy penalty, but the Jordan Travis one. It was not a penalty. It was not a late hit. He still had a foot in bounds. 
But because guys are so afraid to make a hit, Travis was able to take advantage of it. And unfortunately, Lundy was penalized for it because it's such a bang-bang play on the sidelines that like refs are just always going to throw a flag when it's that close. And so it it really let us win the Syracuse game and cost us this Clemson game. So uh, that penalty is something that – I mean, they won't because the NCAA is absolutely incompetent and sucks um, and is like the worst-run sports league in America. But um, it's really something that I wish they'd address and kind of look at because – Jordan Travis shouldn't be allowed to cut up the field like that, like he was against Syracuse. Now, again, I'm glad that helped us, and Lundy shouldn't be penalized. Like, it, it should be one way or the other, man. You, you, bang, bang plays. I don't know. I understand player safety and stuff, but that is frustrating on both sides. And, I, you know, I'll say that uh, as big of a homer as I am and can be, I complained about it when Travis took advantage of it too. So, like, I, I hate both sides of it, you know. Obviously glad it benefited us one side, but I'm not just – it's not just sour grapes because it cost us the game. I was sour about it when we won a game because of it too. Cause it's just not, it's just not right. It's just not good football to me. Well, and, and part of the problem is you have, you know, we have the one set of rules for the NCAA, but then you have all these conferences with all these part-time refs who, uh, you know, that they just don't have the consistency across the leagues. Um, you know, I think for as bad as ACC is Pac-12 has by far the worst refs. Uh, if you just watch some of their games, but yeah. It, it, and to the point though you can't let the ref if you're have a chance to win a game you can't let the refs uh, even a bad call be the reason you lose that game like it's different if you're talking you know national championship Miami Ohio State right that that was egregious um but in a game like this you you gotta you know avoid those penalties you know if Knowles gets his head around you know plays a little better technique he may not get the, get that flag right there um it, the flag i hate the most is wide receiver false starts there's no excuse for a wide receiver to ever false start because you're taught at a very young age when you play that position that you don't listen to the count you watch the football and when the football snaps that's when you go so those are inexcusable um but yeah that florida state but unfortunately on the bad end of a couple important key calls at, at some key times but again you can't say the refs are the reason florida state lost clemson just outplayed us I think so. I think, again, if, if Florida State had found a way to win this game, it would have kind of been stealing it thanks to the fumble return touchdown. Even though the defense played well enough to keep us in the game, uh, I still think that uh, it, it would have definitely been us stealing it. After the personal foul penalty on Lundy, Will Shipley runs for 21 yards and a touchdown where we missed a few tackles. He ended up getting the end zone. Florida State does get the ball to, to give Clemson a 24-20 to 20 lead. Florida State gets the ball back. Um, can't muster anything. Uh, a completed, actually, did get a first down. A completed pass to Wilson for five yards. Toe Philly with his long run of the day for eight yards. Um, and then a couple of incompletions, or incompletion, a sack, and then another really, really big sack on a third and 13. Kind of made Florida State punt the ball away. Now they did get a three and out on defense. And so got the ball back with 20 some seconds to go. Had a nice pass to Helton up to the Florida State 34. Um, I thought that our special teams – let me let me complain about them a little bit too. Uh, special teams was terrible yesterday. I don't know what needs to happen, but we have to figure out how to catch a punt, right? And, and I don't – the frustrating thing is we are not catching punts at around the 15 to 20-yard line and letting them bounce inside the 10 and doing that with 
so much consistency. And I'm not saying that that would have changed the game, but if you'd have caught that punt at the 15 and then had a 25-yard pass, you'd have been on the 40 with about 15 seconds left and then maybe been able to throw it another 15 yards and then at least had a Hail Mary attempt and, and not kind of the craziness at the end. But week after week after week, we make awful, awful decisions with fielding punts. And uh, it costs us so many yards. Like I'd love, you know, I don't know if Trey does this in his little breakdown deal, but uh, I'd love to know how many yards we lost yesterday by not just catching, like not just fair catching punts. And it, it shows up over and over and over again. And um, I may go watch that on the condensed version uh, and, and chart that quickly. But instead of starting on our own 15 or 20, we start on our own nine. Couldn't really get anything going. We uh, obviously Clemson scores in the last play of the game because we ran kind of a pretty terrible hook and ladder play. Um, but uh, frustrating. I, I, again, I think all three phases of the team let us down in the last five minutes. Defense by giving up the touchdown. Special teams by not being able to field a punt. Um, special teams by not being able to punt the ball down the field. Mastermano with his worst punt of the game at the worst possible time. And then offense not being able to move the ball, coaching, not calling a little bit more aggressive style of uh, of plays on that three and out. So I thought the team did just enough to be in it late. And then all four phases, coaching, offense, defense, and special teams let the team down. And Clemson ends up winning, which, you know, kind of how it how it goes, right? Yeah, and, and this special special teams is really frustrating, and I'm sure Mike Norvell's beyond frustrated with it because I know they dedicate a lot of time to special teams in practice. Uh, John well, Bucher does a good job with it, and <laughs> and it's frustrating because this goes back to you go back to Jimbo's last season with Tavares McFadden. He did the same thing; he would never catch the punts; like he would just point to it and let it, you know, land it and roll back and lose all those extra yards yeah. and uh, through uh, you know Jimbo couldn't get it going Willie never really got it going in Norvell last year we were pretty good on special teams and this year it, it it's frustrating and uh, you know you just you need to put somebody back there who's going to catch the ball at the very least right yeah. you you have to be a man to be a punt returner because you are you have some heat-seeking missiles coming after you um but if it if you can't even make the fair catch to where you you don't even try to catch the ball yeah what are we doing here because those yards add up week after week and in a game where you were outgained by like 150 yards like they were yesterday that's not going to help out and again it's it, when you think about all of these things that we've talked about in the past few minutes here it's it's crazy that florida state was in it and did have a chance to win that game late because there was just a lot of things not going in their favor. Yeah, I looked it up, and I think there were only two or three punts that that, that kind of hurt us on yesterday. Um, and one of, you know, so the first punt of the game was, was exactly what we're talking about. Spires punted for 49 yards from Clemson's 43. Believe the ball hit down um, somewhere around the 18-ish, and... Uh, rolled to the eight. So Florida State started inside of their own eight-yard line. So it cost us about 10 yards there. Um, and then obviously the the very last one um, that uh, the ball hit down, again, around the 20, rolled inside of the nine. And then Florida State had to start late there. I don't know that it changes the result in the game, but I mean, that's that's a bit of the field, right? Like, and that, that's just on two punts and just 
fielding the ball would, would definitely be something that would help FSU in the long term. That's probably the most minor thing of the last five minutes. I thought Mastromano's punt, again, worst time of the day for him to have his worst punt. The defense played well all half, and then, you know, thanks to a short field and a couple of penalties that, you know, we, we wish wouldn't have gone the way they did. Um, and then a few broken tackles on the Shipley run. Defense couldn't hold them out of the end zone. Um, and, and Florida State doesn't find a way to win it. So um, biggest thing to me, again, though, was not being aggressive. Getting the ball back with five and a half minutes to go up with a lead, you, you needed to not give the ball back to Clemson there. And Florida State just looked like they were content to, to run the run the clock out. And uh, after only running for 40 yards on the entire day, I, I did not have confidence that Florida State would would do that successfully. Maybe, I mean, I, I maybe Norvell trusted his guys, maybe thought that was the best way. I mean, certainly thought that that was the best way for him to, uh, to end up winning. Panama Jack, I agree with you. I see you commenting on YouTube that, you know, a couple of first downs there would have been the difference in the game. So I thought all four phases, coaching, offense, defense, and special teams, led FSU down there late. But to me, the biggest the biggest issue was the non-aggressiveness. If, if you get two first downs there, you win the game. Um, if you can get five yards on first down, I'm okay with you running it on second down. Because if you get a yard, then it's third and four, and you, you're in a great shot spot. So frustrating for sure to, uh, to see it in like that. But po probably positives to take away, but it's a little too raw to, to take many away. I mean, you, you stayed in the game with Clemson the whole time. I mean, if, even if I had told you at the beginning of the year we're going to lose to Clemson by 10, I mean, you'd have taken that. But it's a little frustrating knowing what we know now. Uh, Florida State gets to three and five, Richie. Um, not Probably not the record we thought we'd have right now. I think we both kind of probably had us at four and four in, in this moment um, with that being our way to get to the six wins was by going two and two down the stretch to make a bowl now Florida State. Mike pulled out again. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this mic is so sensitive that uh, every time I move just a little bit, like it goes off. But Florida State most likely needs to go um, three and one down the stretch to get to a bowl. Obviously, it's outside shot if uh, if they can get the uh, APR stuff with a with a five win season. Um, put a bowl in this Clemson game. Florida State moves on and has NC State this weekend, who. Looked pretty bad first half against Louisville and then just kind of piled it on uh, late. I think it was like 7-7 in the third quarter, 10-7 in the third quarter. I, I guess I could find out, tweeted about it. Um, yeah, Louisville was up 10-7 on NC State late in the third. Um, what are your thoughts on this um, NC State game coming up? We'll talk about it more on Thursday, but they ended up winning that game 28-13. to They scored 21 in the fourth quarter, so they were definitely uh, – a fourth quarter team there, but NC State's six and two. Are you think they're good? Like, do you think they're six and two good, or what are your thoughts on NC State? They're, they're definitely solid. They've they've dealt with a lot of injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've lost two captains uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think they're a good team. They'll probably be favored. They're, I haven't seen a line yet. I'd say probably anywhere from like five and a half to seven and a half, maybe when they come to Tallahassee. Uh, it, it'll be a it's a good game. It's a good uh, warm up for. Uh, Miami, who who looked pretty good beating Pitt yesterday, actually. Um, but yeah, this NC State team, it, it will not be easy. They have a first-round left tackle on the offensive line. I, I, they're just a very physical team it, in solid. And I, I think Florida State can match that physicality. Yeah, that's one thing I've been really impressed with this team. You know, it, both fronts, uh, even the offensive line, when they struggled because they don't have the players, they're, they're not just getting physically whipped up front like we've seen in years past. 
So I, I think it'll be a good game, and, and we'll talk about it on Thursday. But uh, another good opportunity for Florida State to potentially pull an upset. Yeah, I think Florida State. We'll we'll talk about this a lot more on Thursday. Um, I think Florida State can be right in this game. Um, NC State has been very up and down. Um, lost to Mississippi State, which is not very good. Only scored ten points on the road there. Um, and then a win against Clemson, which at that time we thought, man, that's really good. That's impressive to beat Clemson in overtime, 27 to 21. Uh, and then they barely beat Louisiana Tech. They go on the road and beat the heck out of Boston College, go lose to Miami, and then yesterday's win against Louisville. They're very up and down. Um, that kickoff is going to be at 4 p.m. on Saturday it was announced. So a little bit of an afternoon game there, a slate. Um, I think Florida State – has a great chance to go out and get an upset in that game. I, I don't know that I would predict it just yet. Um, but, you know, NC State and Clemson went toe-to-toe and went to overtime. And so I think that, you know, not to not to transit a property at too much, but I think they're about on the level of Clemson uh, with a defense that's not quite as good. Um, their offense is better, and so that's where Florida State will need to get a little bit better. But if Florida State can kind of run the ball, have some success – uh, with that, not have your detrimental turnover late, not have uh, kind of breakdowns in coaching. I, I think that if you had a three-point lead with five minutes to go against NC State, you probably play a little bit differently. You probably get a couple of first downs because their defense isn't as good. So we'll see. I think that uh, some things really, really went well for Florida State to stay in the game yesterday. Clemson missed, what, three field goals? Um and had a fumble return touchdown. I mean, Clemson very easily could have been up by 20 at, at a point yesterday if if some breaks did. You know, we, we talk about the officiating. We talk about some of our turnover. We had some breaks go our way too, right? We had a strip sack for fumble touchdown return. If that doesn't happen, we're not even talking about it late. We just end up saying, like, oh, we just never could move the ball in the second half. So some things broke right our way too, which is what gave us a chance. Uh, but if we could take care of the ball against NC State, I, I think we'll be right in it late and – have a shot. I don't know that we pull the upset or not, but we absolutely can. And so we'll kind of see what happens there. Yeah, it's, I'll, it'll be exciting. You know, we have four games left and uh, they're all going to be <laughs> Florida State will likely be an underdog in all of them. Maybe not Boston College. Um, and we'll see. It looks like uh, Florida's made the switch to Anthony Richardson. I don't know if that was the right time to do it against that defense. But yeah, it, it's, you know, there's some opportunity left on the season. Uh, these final four games here and hopefully you can steal a couple of them yeah i know florida fans think their team is good and they very well may blow us out you know just because i'm saying that and, and saying that they're not very good but they're not any good um they uh you know it'll be interesting to see if dan mullen sticks with anthony richardson or if he kind of moves away from him or if like the twitter mob comes after him and that's why he you know makes a switch but i mean anthony richardson absolutely cost his team the game yesterday with three turnovers um in about three minutes of gameplay, they took a uh, three nothing Georgia lead to a twenty four to nothing Georgia lead, and and really with Florida's inept offense and terrible defense, that was all she wrote there. The game was over at halftime, and so, um, yeah, I, I, there's not a team left on the schedule that we can't beat. I, I don't think the Miami game is as easy as we thought it was a couple of weeks ago. I think that one's going to be pretty tough for FSU, um, but you know we'll we'll see how they look this weekend. Um, and then, you know, you get you get that Miami team in dope. Miami can't stop the run. They're really, really bad against the run. Um, and so 
you know, I, I think that Van Dyke kid is slinging it, throwing it really well. He's got 12 touchdowns to four picks and almost 1,500 yards and hasn't played the whole year. So I think that he is somebody that Florida State has to uh, have pressure on, get to early and often because he can throw it. But there's not a game left on the schedule that Florida State can't win. I, I think the most likely win is BC. The second most likely win is probably uh, North Carolina State. And then I think the Miami and Florida ones are, are the tougher two. Um, Miami's probably a little bit tougher than Florida. If I know that Florida fans will get upset hearing that, but uh, with their offense being so good, that's probably where I'd lean there. So we'll talk more about NC state going forward. We'll certainly kind of continue to break down the rest of the season. Um, three and five right now. What, what do you think we finished our record with? Um, I think uh, five and sevens or four and eight are the two most likely outcomes. I, I don't see a bowl game. I don't see six wins. You know, you talked about we might sneak our way into it with the APR and five wins because there's 74 bowls out there and they don't have enough teams. But I, I think I, I'd probably say four and eight is the most likely just because of who you have left. But five and seven wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I would probably pick four and eight. I think if you beat Clemson, it was more likely that you get two more wins, right? Like if you could beat Clemson, Build on that. I'd probably pick us to beat NC State, and then I like us to beat BC, and then we may lose the other two. But then you still get to six and six. Yeah. Now, and if we get to five wins, you're going to look at that JSU game and be really upset because that, there was no excuse for that. And I know we've moved on, but if we finish five and seven with a loss to Jacksonville State, that that's going to be beyond frustrating. It's going to hurt. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, but you know, if you can somehow find a way to get this NC State game. You probably beat BC, right? And then at least you uh, subset Miami or Florida. Yeah. Well, yeah. you go into that Florida game having a chance to get to a yeah. bowl, right? And and their season's over anyway. They they play three yeah. cupcakes coming up with Missouri, Vandy, and Samford or somebody. So they'll they'll win their next three and yeah. they'll they'll get to seven wins. But if you go into that with a chance, you know who who knows, you know. Uh, they're they're not any better than Clemson. Their defense, you know, their offense is better, but their defense isn't. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. I think that's enough for uh, for football. We will be back on Thursday to uh, talk a little bit about um, talk a little bit about uh, the NC State game. Sorry, can't can't think right now. Um, I volleyball won on Friday night against Boston College. They swept that match. Um, cross country competed on Friday um against uh i'm sorry in the uh, in south bend uh it's uh, in the acc championship so they competed this week as well and then volleyball soccer we talked about on friday go watch our soccer uh recap or our soccer interview with beata olsen i said that right and she wasn't even on here so i wish she would have been here to hear me do that well um they haven't played since they play the winner of Wake Forest and uh, Duke. That game is later this week. Um, and then volleyball's playing right now. Uh, volleyball is going up against Syracuse. Looks like they're about to win set one. So hopefully they end up pulling off that win as well. We'll have a full recap of the whole weekend's action over on doublefriesnoteslaw.com. Go check that out. Be back on Thursday to talk about the NC State game and see Richie go full homer by picking us again. So I'm probably going to pick us too. Like, whatever. At this point, I'm probably going to pick us every game. Like, I'm not sure. Give, give, me your, uh, give me your score for Tampa Bay, New Orleans today. Um, 
I think it's a ridiculously I, high over under. Let me see this right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, over under is 28 and a half. Like, I, I don't love um I don't love the way the Bucks defense has played 48 at times. And a half. Like, there you go. Yeah, I don't love the way the Bucks defense has played at times this year. Um, but I also think that like the you know, the quality of opponent has kind of made that defense look better. You know, like I thought, I mean, you play the Dolphins, they're terrible. You play the Bears, they're terrible. You play the Eagles, who are not very good. You know, I don't know. I, I think that I think that it's gonna be so I don't hate the over-under to be very honest with you. Like I think that I think the Bucks get to at least 24 and and the you know, maybe 28. Like I, you know, their offense is playing so well right now that I don't know. I kind of like uh Bucks 31, Saints 24. You know, something like that. So I think I like the over. Um, I, I think it's close. I just don't think New Orleans has. Um, and we look at the weapons on both sides. I, you know, James is playing well, but against a good team that can kind of go with them and score drive for drive. I mean, having Michael Thomas would help, but I, I just think that Tampa is so deep uh, on the outside with Brown and Evans and Godwin. Gronk, you know, is Gronk back? Um um, you know, I don't know. I, I should probably I think check that because he's on my fantasy team, and I need to see that. Even even without him, you know, OJ's playing the best football of his career. I mean, he's a dumpster fire the last five years, and so, um, you know, I think that and and Brate's obviously great. So I, Fournette, and there's just so many weapons that I think Tampa can continue to score, and and New Orleans is missing some weapons. So this matchup was later in the year with both teams fully healthy. I mean, maybe New Orleans has to. Uh, has it has a better chance, but I think it'll be close. But I think the Bucks end up winning by like a touchdown. So give me the Bucks to cover the spread. Uh, but I mean, obviously, nothing would shock me. You know, like the Bucks yeah. at times like play down, and it's just weird when they do. So um, we'll see. But I, I think the Bucks find a way to win this one. How about yourself? Yeah. Little Caesar Dome has been. Uh, a, a house of poor for Bay, uh, you know, outside of the NFC chair. He's confident when it's the Bucks and near the weapons that uh, Tom Brady's. Now, I think it was like, would that be Jimbo's last year? Or maybe 2015. It might be the last time. Cause I remember watching that game. I was in Boston and it, it just destroyed everybody's NFL survivor pool. Cause no one had the bucks beating the saints that early. Uh, so like over half of the ESPN survivor pool team went out. I don't know. I, I trust Tom It Gronk is questionable. I'd like your score. I could see it getting a, a little higher than that potentially like maybe a 34 to, you know, 23 type game, but I, I'd like the bucks to cover this one. It, it'll be interesting. Cause Jameis, you know, Sean Payton's really done a great job of, you know, what, helping Jameis not beat himself you know he's not taking a bunch of deep shots but when they do it's pretty well calculated and it's worked out well so it, it'll be an interesting game but I, I think the Bucks win by about 10 or so and I hope so and if not I'll just have to hear from the wife all night about how you know her Saints beat my Bucks and me um I think that uh it's strength against strength uh, you know I think that um where this game will be won and lost is is whoever's second best unit can 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 perform better, right? Like, so the Bucks obviously have great offense um, and the Saints have a great defense. They held the Packers to three. Yeah. Um, they held the Patriots to 13. They held Washington to 22, Seahawks to 10. You know, like the, the Saints have a great, great defense and they play really, really well. And the Bucks obviously have a great offense. So I think those two units will match up well against each other. And so it really comes down to the Saints offense 
versus the Bucks defense, which I think the Bucks defense is very boomer bust, right? I don't, you know, the Bucks defense been up all year, so yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think the Bucks defense is going to come out and pitch three and out after three and out after three and out. After, like, they're either going to give up a touchdown or get a turnover. <laughs> like, that's just like what the Bucks defense does, and so if uh, and that's how the the Saints have been. Like, they're either going to like, you know, the, they they are very boomer bust too, like only scoring 13 against Seattle, you know? So I think the matchup, I think the Bucks offense and the Saints defense will both be good. I think it really comes down to what can the Saints offense do against a, a defense that's really good at times. So well, the, um, the, the Saints that had the two most ridiculous first games of the season, just throwing off anything we thought we knew when they blow out green Bay, we're like, Oh man, the saints, they, they could be contenders. And then they go and lay an egg in Carolina. And it's like, Oh wait, Carolina's not even that good. So <laughs> they've been yeah. a very into to their credit. You know, they've happened. They haven't had Michael Thomas yet. Hopefully he's not coming back today. I, I would like to him to wait another week to make his return. Um, but yeah, I just, I do not need, you know, a, a, the bucks up by three with the, you know, two minutes left and Jameis gets the ball because if he leads a game winning two minute drill, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to delete I'm gonna be, off my phone. <laughs> I'm gonna be insufferable. Well, thank God you can't delete text off your phone. So, um, yeah, I think that that's the other side of it. Is New Orleans' offensive line has been missing guys all year, and it, they just haven't been great at times. And that's really was the yeah. difference in that Panthers game. Um, shout out Brian Burns, F, former FSU legend, but uh, he absolutely crushed and was all over Jameis most of that game. And um, if the Bucks defensive line, which is very good can continue to get that pressure and continue to get all over James, then it will be a long day for, for the saints offense. Um, and the time in the games that James has had time gone out and scored a lot and done really well. They scored 28 against the Patriots, 38 against the Packers, 33 against Washington. But in the games where he hasn't had time, um, they've really struggled. So that'll be big is, is can they protect him? And, and if not, the bucks will absolutely win. Cause that defensive line is great. So anyway, um, a little bit earlier show today, wanted to lick these wounds and get out of here uh, after talking about FSU. Thanks to those that hung out. Uh, if you can go follow us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the different places, look for Double Fries No Slaw or Double Fries Pod. Check out the website, doublefriesnoslaw.com. Shout out to all the guys behind the scenes that uh, help make us look good and do, uh, do this on a weekly basis. Shout out Richie for putting up with me uh, another week. Um, hey, we got basketball coming up soon. Go back and check out our basketball preview that dropped on Tuesday. Again, we did a soccer interview with Beata Olson of FSU Soccer. Um, a lot of stuff happening over here. The fries stay hot. So, Rich, you got any shout-outs before we get out of here? Um, yeah, real shout-out Scotty Barnes. Uh, he, he's killing it in Toronto. Had another 21.12 rebound performance last night. A lot of their fans were upset that they passed on Jalen Suggs, but I think they're pretty happy right now because he is playing phenomenal as a, as a rookie up there. Out of his mind right now. No, he really has been impressive. Um, hey, we threw a party yesterday. Shout out. Uh, I'll try to remember everybody that come over. My buddy Craig, he listens. My uh, Allie that, that I do the podcast with. Her brother Scott, uh, who, who played for UF. Obviously, Eric, her husband, was a punter at UF. We had my buddy Ben that does the Bourbon podcast over. Uh, and then a few other friends that aren't on social media or podcasts and stuff. Um, oh, and Matt, who owns Bay Cannon Beer Company. Um, great time with them yesterday. Uh, everybody that came over for the party. And um, they were pretty quiet about that Clemson loss because they were all had their orange and blue on and stuff. So um, was glad to watch them watch UF just absolutely, uh, you know, implode against Georgia yesterday. Um, 
I'm not big on moral victories, but at least my team didn't get embarrassed yesterday while we were all hanging out. So shout out to them for coming over. They were they were a ton of fun, and um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching more uh, more games where their team loses. Hopefully, at the very end of the season. So um, I also had a point with that, but I kind of forgot what it was. So anyway, shout out to them, I guess, or shout out for me to me for putting up with them. So shout myself out again. Uh, shout out to Larry on for showing up to the. Uh, to the no cap episode and, and not calling out like he did after that loss that uh, he says was pre-scheduled, but he still called in that day and hung up early. So uh, shout out to Larry on for being able to show up after his team did finally get a, a big win. So uh, that's all I got. We'll see you guys on Thursday. I'm tired. So I can't imagine we do a pop-up episode. See you guys on Thursday to talk about NC state. Knowles drop again, a game to Clemson 30 to 20 in which they look pretty good, but just could not get over the hump. Richie, thanks for hanging out. Good luck to Jameis. And uh, we'll talk on Thursday. I'll see you later.